Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Let's worship together, shall we? Would you stand and sing with us, please? to see you. The scripture today is 2 Chronicles chapter 1 verses 7 to 13. In that night God appeared to Solomon and said to him, ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said to God, thou hast shown great and steadfast love to David my father and hast made me king in his stead. O Lord God, let thy promise to David my father be now fulfilled. For thou hast made me king over a people as many as the dust of the earth. Give me now wisdom and knowledge to go out and come in before this people. For who can rule this thy people that is so great? God answered Solomon, 
Because this was your, in your heart, and you have not asked possessions, wealth, honor, or the life of those who hate you, and have not even asked long life, but have asked wisdom and knowledge for yourself that you may rule my people over whom I have made you king. Wisdom and knowledge are granted to you. I will also give you riches, possessions, and honor, such as none of the kings had who were before you, and none after you shall have the like. So Solomon came from the high place at Gibeon, from before the tent of meeting to Jerusalem, and he reigned over Israel. Loving God, we gather in this place today to worship you and give you thanks. We praise you for all you give us. May we always be thankful, open our hearts and our understanding this morning as your word is proclaimed. Give us now wisdom and knowledge to go out and make your kingdom known to all. Amen. I came to you with my heart in pieces and found the God with healing in his hands. I turned to you, put everything behind me and found the God who makes all things new. I looked to you, drowning in my questions found the God who holds all wisdom and I trusted you and stepped out on the ocean you caught my hand among the waves cause you're the God of all my days each step I take you make And I will give you all my praise My seasons change You stay the same You're the God of all my days I ran from you and wandered in the shadows and found a God who relentlessly pursues. I hid from you, haunted by my failure, and found the God whose grace still covers me. I fell on you when I was at my weakest and found the God the lifter of my head and I've worshipped you and felt you right beside me you're the reason that I sing cause you're the God of all my days each step I take you make a way and I will give you all my praise my seasons change 
you stay the same You're the God of all my days In my worry, God, you are my stillness In my searching, God, you are my answers In my blindness, God, you are my vision in my bondage, God, you are my freedom. In my weakness, God, you are my power. You're the reason that I sing, because you're the God of all my days. Each step I take, you make. And I will give you all my praise My seasons change You stay the same You're the God of all my days In my blindness God, you are my vision in my bondage, God, you are my freedom all my days. I'll start our rainbows and rattlesnakes, like I always do with the rainbow. It is to see all of y'all here on this beautiful morning. I mean, the weather lately has just been outstanding the last few days. It doesn't get any better than this. And I'm not joking. I mean, I think this is good. This is, I mean, it is January for crying out loud, you know? It is January. And, it's, and we still have not had a freeze this year, or at least at my house we haven't. Some of the outlying areas may have and all that, but, you know, we had that one freeze in December. Other than that, we haven't gotten below 34 at our house. So anyway, it's, it's great. So praise the Lord. Okay. Mayo's gathering next Sunday. We ask God's blessings on that. Oh Lord, we pray. I also have a, uh, a baby I want to lift up. She was born just uh, two days ago, but has a uh, hole in her heart. She's having emergency surgery in uh, Houston. Uh, her name's Maddie. I want to lift her up. Oh, Lord, we pray. Uh, let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for our lives. We thank you for our fellowship. We thank you for everything that you bless us with. Lord, we lift up those we've named and many who have remained unnamed who need healing in their bodies, their minds, or their souls. We know you are the healer, the great physician, and you can lift them up. Lord, we lift up those of our congregation who aren't here this morning 
whether they're traveling or whether they're out because of some illness. We lift them up, ask your protection and healing for them. Lord, we lift up those anywhere in the world where there is violence. We lift up those who have recently lost loved ones. We lift up those anywhere who need food, water, and shelter. Lord, we lift up the leaders of this country and all the countries of the world that they would seek and do your will always. Lord, we, we lift up those who are discouraged. We ask that you would encourage them. We lift up those who need employment. We ask that they would find it. And Lord, we ask that you would show all of us, moment by moment, what we can do to carry out your will. Let us be ready and willing servants, as your son was, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. So this morning... We're talking about God's wisdom, but I'll preface it with a few thoughts because really that's what we're talking about, thoughts about how we keep our thoughts better. Again, y'all have, y'all have heard me say it. You, you're probably sick of me saying it, but the only thing we really have to control is our thoughts. Everything else will work. It will if we control our thoughts properly. You know, if we think about things that are good and pure and perfect and lovely and of good report, if there's any excellence in them. But we don't, do we? And I don't either all the time. You know, I'm working toward it like I trust all of us are. What is a thought? Have you ever thought about that? A thought is a piece of knowledge or information tied to a feeling. It takes two parts, like many things take two parts. A good way to think about it is it's kind of like a bird. A bird needs two wings to fly. And I think in Ecclesiastes, right, it talks about, you know, you better be careful what you say. A little bird might go tell it to somebody else, right? You've heard that. That's that's in Ecclesiastes. But it's so, I mean, it is. Fundamentally, it is the thing, you know? Um, Attitude, all, all that goes with it, that's it. 
if we can do that, and that's what Jesus taught us. That's what Jesus taught us over and over and over and over again, too. You know? That being said, I was thinking this week, a lot of times I relate things in songs. Of songs are good, they draw, you know, they, they give us something to tie hold of. You know, that's our, our memory works. Our memory works if we peg it to something. That's, that's why it's uh, when you're trying to remember something, if you can come up with something to peg it to, it's easier to remember. How many of you remember that song, Once There Was a Silly Old Ant? Right? You ever heard that? You ever heard that song? You know? Thought he'd move. A, this isn't a rubber tree plant, but it can suffice, right? But what everyone knows that an ant can't. See, and there's the rub, isn't it? I, I believe it's credited to Abraham Lincoln who said, you know, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. I mean, I know some of you may think that's simplistic. Some of you may disagree with me, but that's okay. You can be wrong. <laughs> God gave us free will, and we can use our free will, and we can be wrong, you know. But again, not to be redundant or think about it, think about it. We all know people. We all know people who have had similar backgrounds and opportunities, and one of them is a slug, right? And one of them succeeds and excels. The only difference being what was going on in their heads, what they were thinking. Or actually, and we'll get to that, it's not all in our heads either. We've got to have those high hopes. Now, there are laws, just like the law of gravity says, if I let go of my keys, they're going to hit the ground, right? There are laws when it comes to our thinking as well. Jesus taught these laws, not, not always explicitly by saying, you know, if you, do, if you, if you add X to Y, you're going to get Z like that. But, but he did teach them in what he taught his disciples. And one, if not the most fundamental law of thinking is the law of substitution. If I say, don't think about Godzilla walking into Tokyo Harbor, right? Then all of you are thinking about Godzilla walking into Tokyo Harbor. That's the way it works, right? But if you don't want to think about Godzilla walking into Tokyo Harbor, then you can think about Bambi jumping through the woods, right? The trick is when you are invited to be in the mully grumps and think negatively and think that nobody loves me, everybody hates me, I'm going out to the garden to eat worms, right? When you start thinking like that, you think about God. 
Again, you think about good things, pure things, perfect things, lovely things, things that are of good report, which again, this is the fundamental reason I am such a naysayer, it's kind of a negative term, isn't it, about television. It's full of garbage. It's full of negativity. It's full of the things that rot your mind and your body and your soul. That's another law of thinking. Whatever you think about grows. Whatever you dwell upon gets bigger. So, again, I implore you, as John Prine would say, blow up your TV move to the country, you know, <laughs> get a little garden and raise peaches. Now, we can't all do that, but we can turn our TVs off. Our scripture reading this morning comes from 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, looks like a 2, so I'll say it right, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting at verse 6, consider the word of the Lord. Yet among the mature, we do speak wisdom, though it is not a wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are doomed to perish. But we speak of God's wisdom, secret and hidden, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen nor ear heard nor the human heart conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For what human being knows what is truly human except the human spirit that is within. So also, no one comprehends what is truly God's except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit that is from God, so that we may understand the gifts bestowed on us by God. And we speak of these things in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual things to those who are spiritual. Those who are unspiritual do not receive the gifts of God's Spirit. For they are foolishness to them, and they are unable to understand them 
because they are spiritually discerned. Those who are spiritual discern all things, and they are themselves subject to no one else's scrutiny. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, God who spoke the worlds into being and breathed out the stars. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Well, the first thing I want to pick up on this morning that Paul says here is that the wisdom we get, the wisdom that we get from the Spirit is not of the world or the leaders of this world because they are what? Doomed to perish. Always have been, always will be. Again, back to the basics, the fundamentals, the only reality is God and the kingdom of God. Everything else is going to be gone. It's going to be gone. It's not going to be here. So this wisdom from God, we get from the Spirit, but we can also get it other places, right? I guess first off, though, what, what do you all think wisdom is? What is wisdom? Judith read earlier the reading this morning from Second Chronicles, one of the places where it's relayed to us where Solomon prayed for wisdom. And what happened? He got it. Amen. He got it. God gave it to him, right? Tells us that in James chapter 1, right? If any of you lack wisdom, then ask God, and God will give it to you. Don't go to Wikipedia, you know? If you lack wisdom, go to God. If you lack wisdom, you know, don't look at the inquirer on the shelf in the grocery store, right? Have any space aliens landed this week? Probably, you know. I'm sure, they, I'm sure they're among us, right, even as we speak. But no, if you lack wisdom, you ask God. Here's what I think wisdom is, or at least part of it. I think it's intelligence mixed with love. I think that's truly God's wisdom. Maybe use a little tweaking, but I think that works pretty well in most, in most situations. Uh, but the wisdom of this world, which probably doesn't have a whole lot of love mixed with it, might have some intelligence, but maybe not a whole lot of love, is what? It's doomed to perish, as are the leaders of this world. Now again, the best way to interpret Scripture is to let Scripture interpret Scripture, okay? And the Spirit will guide us. And if we ask for wisdom, we'll get it. If we ask the Spirit of God to lead us, it will. Somebody who understood that very well was a guy named Daniel, right? 
Y'all remember Daniel? Daniel was uh, captured with some of his friends and taken into captivity into Babylon, right? Pretty rotten circumstances for a Jewish kid, right? Pretty doggone rotten circumstances. But you know what? Daniel had a good attitude. Daniel thought good thoughts. Daniel thought the way he had been trained to think. And Daniel knew that the only reality was God and God's kingdom. And that where he was didn't really matter as long as he remembered that God was there. And y'all remember old Nebuchadnezzar has this dream, right? And none of his wise men can tell him what the dream was, you know? Because remember, Nebuchadnezzar didn't say, well, I dreamed that there was Godzilla going through Tokyo Harbor and he was picking up buses and throwing around and things like that. What does this mean, Daniel? Or, or other wise men of Babylon. He said, you tell me what I dreamed and then tell me what it means, right? Daniel, what did he do? He prayed and God told him. And this is what, and this is what Daniel said, part of what Daniel said to King Nebuchadnezzar. He's telling him about his dream, which also tells us about the knowledge of this world and the rulers of this world being doomed to perish. As Paul was talking about there in his first letter to the Corinthians chapter 2 that we just read, Daniel says, you were looking, O king, and lo, there was a great statue. This statue was huge. Its brilliance extraordinary. It was standing before you and its appearance was frightening. The head of that statue was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its middle and thighs bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. As you looked on, a stone was cut out not by human hands. And it struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron and clay, the bronze, the silver, the gold were all broken in pieces and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floor. And the wind carried them away so that not one trace of them could be found. But the stone that struck the statue became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. The wisdom of this world and the, and the wisdom of the rulers of this world are doomed to perish. Don't forget it. It's a good thing to think about. It's a good thing to think about often. Paul goes on to say, we get spiritual words to talk to spiritual people. And again, this goes back to fundamentals. We get back to the basics, right? We get back to the basics. Uh, I see Sharon back there. 
You know, and I know some of you all in here are in holy yoga, right? You're out there dispelling darkness, right? That's what a yogi is, a dispeller of darkness, right? Um, you're out there dispelling darkness, but I'm, I, and I don't know. I haven't talked to Sharon about this, and I didn't, and I'm not trying to put her on the spot. But I imagine that when you, when you do yoga, there are probably basic things you do, right? And you may even start out doing the basics every time you do something. We got to stick to the basics. And the basics are what? The Spirit of God. The Spirit of God hovered over the deep. And God said, let there be light. And God created us in God's image. And God is what? Spirit, right? John 4, 24, God is spirit, and those who worship God worship God in spirit and in truth, right? So our true nature, what we're looking for, what we're looking for in all the wrong places, right, is our reconnection with God's Spirit. That's what religion is, right? Religion means to reconnect. We are trying to reconnect with God's Spirit. And the only thing that's going to work to fill us up properly is God's Spirit. Everything else is going to prove false fleeting, disappointing, whatever, whatever uh, adjective you want to use. Most of you probably know Hebrews 11.1. 1. And a lot of you probably know Hebrews 11.2 and 3 too that I'm going to say. But 11.1 1 says what? Faith that the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by faith we understand that everything is seen was made from things that are not visible, right? Not visible. So, spirit interprets to us, and we speak spiritually to those who are spiritually minded, and they understand it. God gives us that. And he says what? He goes on to say, he says what? We have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. It tells us that over there in Colossians 2. Colossians uh, chapter 3, the first part of that also says, says what? We should, we should think of things that are above, high up, high up in the sky hopes, right? Things that are above, not things that are on the earth. Jesus says, but we have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. What is mind? I don't know. No, no. You know, I, I really don't entirely know. I'd be lying if I said I did. But I've got some thoughts about it. A couple of thoughts that I've, you know, you know since we're talking about thinking and correcting our stinking thinking. One thought is that I've uh, garnered up to y'all before is that uh, your thoughts are not just in your brain. They're not localized just in your brain. Much of our thinking is in our brain, but our whole body thinks, our heart thinks, our mind is 
something that I believe is not entirely contained in our bodies. And remember, God has a mind, but God doesn't have a brain. Chew on that a while, right? Unless, you, you know, you're, you're buying into the old Greek concept that God's sitting in a throne somewhere throwing down thunderbolts, right? And God's just like us, he's just a, but he's just bigger, right? No, 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 no. It's not like that at all. We're created in God's image, God's spiritual image. But God doesn't have, God doesn't look like us. So we need to remember that. But our mind, our mind again is not localized in us. I think there's some clues about that and God's mind and how our minds work with God's mind when we talk about prayer again. Prayer is not localized. And again, I point to, and this is another sermon, but remember when, the, I think it's in John chapter 5, when the ruler comes to Jesus talking about his sick son, and Jesus said, cut to the chase, Jesus said, go on home, your son's okay, right? The child wasn't there, but he was taken care of wherever he was, right? And I think we all believe that anyway, because when, many times when we pray, we don't pray for somebody that's right in front of us. We pray for people away. And I think this has to do with mine. But enough of that for now, enough speculation. There goes another rubber tree plant. The mind of Christ. What is the mind of Christ? Well, I've got a couple of ideas that I'll throw out there to you. This isn't the whole mind of Christ, but these are at least, I believe, constituent parts of it. And the first one is purity. The mind of Christ is pure. And what is purity? I've wrestled with that a lot. And I think you can boil it all down to saying that purity is always realizing the presence of God. You see, if you always realize the presence of God and you're actively doing that, odds are you're not going to do something impure. Jesus was all over this in the Sermon on the Mount, right? He told us we shouldn't even be angry at other people. He says, yeah, the law tells you not to murder anybody, but you're not even supposed to get angry at other people. You've got to control your thoughts, right? Jesus is saying, you've got to control your thoughts. And he, gives, he tells us similar things about fasting and alms and adultery and, and, and other, other topics, it has to do with the thought. That's the seed that can sprout into a lovely flower or a weed. You've got to get it 
at the beginning, in the inception. Philippians 2 tells us that Jesus, what? He emptied himself out. We empty ourselves out to allow God's spirit to be in us. And when we empty ourselves out, we can remember. We can do like Jesus did, right? Abide in him and him abiding in us and produce fruit because we're not full of ourselves. Another thing that I believe is part of the mind of Christ is honesty, right? Honesty. Jesus told his disciples in Luke chapter 12, he said what? Beware the leaven of the Pharisees, which is what? Their hypocrisy. Beware the leaven of the Pharisees, which is their hypocrisy. And we know that Jesus spoke truth, and he spoke it all the time, and he admonishes us to do the same thing. If we have the mind of Christ, we speak the truth. He even commented, in a way, on what a good characteristic he was. Remember in John chapter 1, when he's picking some of his disciples, and he comes upon Nathaniel, and he said, what? An Israelite in whom there is no guile, right? An honest guy, an honest guy. He'll tell you the way we're in. So I believe the mind of Christ is pure, which means that you see the presence of God everywhere. I believe the mind of Christ is honest, always truthful. And I believe above everything that the mind of Christ is loving. Again, we're talking about God's wisdom, which I said was intelligence and love. You've got to have the love. Now, we know many, many, many instances of God's love. But to close this morning, I want us to remember Jesus' words to his disciples that you can find in Luke chapter 12. This, to me, really shows God's love everywhere, practicing God's presence to be pure You may not make the connection at first, but that's okay. I have high hopes that you will and that you'll substitute all of those bad thoughts for good thoughts and relaxing God's goodness. Remember, another law of thinking, you know, we learn when we are relaxed. Isaiah 30, 15, in rest, you'll find confidence and strength. Okay, Jesus said, are not five sparrows, are not five sparrows, five little birds sold for two pennies, yet not one of them is forgotten in God's sight. Not one of them is forgotten in God's sight little birds. And he went, what? He goes on to say, don't be afraid. You're worth more than many little birds. Amen. Now go in peace. And if you lack wisdom, ask God for it. And he'll freely give it to you. And as you do that, go with the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.
the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh